Welcome to Undercover Overshare. Uh, this is Punit. And I'm Jasmine. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about insecurity and how that affects us and our insecurities and how to overcome uh, if you can. <laughs> right. If you can, because that's uh, it's really, it's really hard with insecurity. I'm insecure about a lot of things, about myself and then my own sense of self as well. Yeah, just, you know, thinking about recording this podcast has actually made me feel really insecure. <clears throat> it's made me feel a little insecure as well. Good, okay. I mean, not people. good. Not good yeah. that you feel insecure, but, like, I'm glad I'm not alone. Right, right. In that feeling. And ultimately, you know, like, that's what... That's what this is all about. Right, that's what this podcast is supposed to be about, you know. Um, everyone's insecure about something. Even yeah. most confident among us are really insecure. I would almost say that the most confident people are the most insecure. Because, I mean, there, there's there's one coping mechanism for, for being insecure, and that's it's overcompensating, right? Absolutely. So you... You're, let's say you're insecure about your voice or you're insecure about another part of your, your mouth or something like that to overcompensate, Yeah, you would change yourself uh, for that. Um, something someone told me once was that my they, someone came up to me and said, you know, you have really big eyes. And, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's cool. Thanks. And they go, no, it's like, it's really, they're like really buggy. And so after that, <laughs> they wanted to clarify and let yeah. let you know that they had a real problem with the way your face looked. Right. And first of all, what a rude thing. To right. Say to why do Why do we do shit like that? <laughs> but we're after, so mean to each other. After After they told me that, I immediately now my eyes like I I always have a drooping my my eyes always droop a little bit more because I'm aware and I've just gotten used to it now. Aww. Instead of being like this, which you can't see, Aww. they're like this, and I'm like, so well, that's just a new thing I do now. So now I overcompensate for it. So let's. Less bright eyed and bushy tailed, and just a little, you know. I just always thought that was part of your like your sad boy persona, yeah, your cry daddy persona. No, no, it's totally that is just that's just why that's just somebody said something to me, and I was like, I'm gonna change, I'm gonna change it because of you. And it's like, why do I care about what you think, stranger? Wow, but you know, so I have a, I have a very a close person in my life, and she, um, she went to the dentist. And they told her she had a gap in her teeth that you could park a truck in. Jesus Christ. And she no longer smiles with an open mouth. Yeah. And hasn't since this. And this happened when she was in high school. Yeah. And she's now in her late 20s. So for over a decade, she has, she's like every time she feels joy and wants to smile, her brain says, no, don't, don't. do that. It makes yeah. you ugly. Yeah. Wow. That's happened to me before where it's like uh, someone said, oh, yeah, you, you don't really, you don't really keep your teeth too clean. And I'm like, what? And they're like, I brush every day. I brush twice a day. And they what? go, yeah, no. And so I don't really smile with my teeth nearly as much as I used to. Wow. So I, 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 I just smile with my with my lips, and then I, I keep my teeth closed. Even though I got some beautiful ass teeth, I don't I'm, have okay. any crooked ass teeth at all. So I know you can't see him right now, but I'm I'm sitting directly across <laughs> from him. And one of the first things I said to Punit when we met was that he had very pretty teeth. I got pretty teeth. He has pretty teeth. They're like little piano keys. They're yeah. so perfectly. They're just you know it looks like like my teeth look like um like Mr. Potato Head like someone just took out all my teeth and then a five year old shoved them in all at once and you know I at some point I was just like okay I can change the way I smile or I can spend like fifteen thousand dollars on painful dental care that mm. will be impermanent 
or I can just let my mouth be my mouth and smile when I want to. Yeah. And I feel like now my crooked tooth is kind of like an idiosyncrasy. And it's part of you. It's part of me. It's, it's meant, part yeah. of my face and my personality. It's like a unique thing about you. That's it, the, my crooked tooth is a unique thing about me now. Exactly. Like Patricia Arquette, she has a crooked tooth, yeah. and that's like totally part of her yeah. acting persona. Exactly. So I just chose to embrace that. But also, like, Most I say that, are, but yeah. like, I'm also like high key insecure about yeah. it. Like, Everyone's insecure about it. Yeah. So much of my confidence is just faking it till I make it. And that's another that's another coping mechanism. People fake it till they make it, and they don't even overcompensate. But fake, right. fake the the enthusiasm in a way that does work, where you you fake it and you go, no, no one even cares. No, I don't care about this. Whatever, fuck it, whatever. And then it works. Um, but one of the things that 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 I do that it, it's I overthink. So I'm always hyper aware of what other people are going to be thinking about me, and it makes me insecure about what I'm going through. So. If I walk into a room, I'm all the minute I walk in, I'm thinking, how are these people going to perceive me? How am I how how are they going to think I am as a person? And it makes me hyper aware of all my flaws that I perceive that I think that are my insecurities. Um, and isn't that so much because like we become really focused on the things we've decided right. we should be insecure about. We're not even thinking about the things that other people are seeing in us that they find unappealing or unattractive. Right. And once you used to get into that. That headspace, that deep overthink headspace, now you're in a metaphysical place where you just constantly hate yourself. And that's where I live. That's where you live? In the constant, the constant state of what are they thinking of me? The constant state of, I should just assume that everything about me is trash. Mm. Yeah. If I, if I had to choose, like, my greatest insecurity, that's it. I could say it's my body because I am fat. I'm so fat and not like, I mean, I'm, I'm high key, like thick as fuck, but I'm also like low key fat as fuck. And it just, you know, you just you catch me on a good day or a bad day and I'll tell you how I feel about it. And I probably will talk about it more. Yeah. As we get into that, but I think, you know, over the years, I'm a 33 year old woman. Uh, I think I've been told, I think I've been told there's something wrong with every single part of me at this point. And so now I just run on the constant assumption Wait, to your face. Oh, people yeah. People say that shit to your face. Yeah. People just say mean shit. And I think, like, that's probably, like, 50% verbal diarrhea, at right. least. I think people just, like, you know, a momentary uh, affliction of Tourette's mm. takes hold in the heart of a person. And they use that to just say something really unacceptable and inappropriate yeah. and unfeeling and very right. cold. And they regret it. You can yeah. see on their face that they regret the yeah. thing they just said. That it. That they, they won't say that they regret it. Right, but... But you know that That's it. their own insecurity. That's their own insecurity. That's their own insecurity saying, oh, fuck, why did I just say that? that? And then I think, like, you know, there's at least 25% in there that's just, like, mean-spiritedness. Like, when... They do it to do it. Do it to do it. Like, I was bullied so much. I'd like to take a moment, really quick... For any of my bullies in high school that might be listening, and I want you to know that I, I see you at the high school reunion, and I know you have a family and children, and that you've grown up or whatever. But I want you to know that I I still hold that shit against you, oh. and I'm gonna die mad about Ooh. it, and that I think it forever shaped your character and who the fuck you are, because people did uh -huh. horrible shit to me when I was growing up. Uh -huh. I was bullied constantly, viciously. Yeah. I want wanted to kill myself when I was like 15 years old because the bullying in my life was so fucking constant. And so that's how I know yeah. that at least 25% of the mean things 
people say, come from a place of just mean-spiritedness and cruelty. Mm. But those terrible things are not... They're just purely based in a person's own insecurity. Oh, absolutely. The Someone's boy- bullying you because they're insecure about something, you know? Absolutely. And I was also... I was bullied as a child as well. And I, I've, I've got, kind of gone through very similar things. I was like, yeah, I kill myself, fuck this, fuck them. It's made like 15... Like, 14, 12, you know, something middle school to high school. I was bullied through there. Uh, cause I was a, I was, I was a chunky kid. I was a real chunky kid when I was a kid. And I, <clears throat> I remember it cause I was eighth grade and I was probably the biggest I was and people would make fun of me and people would, people would like middle school, yeah, middle school, fucking oh, middle school, man. everyone's insecure. And then I, I had to be like, Oh, I'm this fucking, I'm, I'm, I guess I, everyone had to like the, the, I guess the stereotype, I'm a, I was the fat kid in middle school. Sure. Everyone pick on the fat kid. Right. Like, oh, you're in gym. You're in gym class. Well, this oh. is the kid that that wears wears the t-shirt under his t-shirt because he doesn't want to take a shirt off oh, in absolutely. front of everybody. So that was me, and uh, I, I I made a I made like a commitment to myself on that that summer of eighth grade. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna change everything. I'm gonna fuck. I'm gonna change everything about myself. I'm gonna lose a bunch of weight. Go to middle. I'm gonna go to high school. No one's gonna fucking recognize me. They're not gonna know who the fuck I am. And I did. I didn't. I didn't do it in a healthy way, though. I did it in a really destructive way. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, so what? A, how are we gonna do this? And I was like, all right, well, I'm just not gonna eat anything for three months. I'm gonna work out. I'm gonna do crunches. I'm gonna do push-ups. I'm gonna get stronger. And uh, it worked. <laughs> you know, it did work. It wasn't healthy at all. It worked though. And then I came to came to high school. And yeah, a lot of people were like, yeah, we didn't even we don't remember you. We didn't remember you. We don't we don't remember who you are. So I was like reintroducing myself. How did that feel? Reintroducing myself. How did it feel that no one like no one remembered me? That no one remembered you. It felt terrible because I was like, yeah, all they remembered that I what my whole persona, my whole self was that I was the fat kid. Yeah. But like my friends, you know, I had friends who remembered me. The people sure. who did remember me, they're like, oh, punit, holy shit, man, how did you lose all that weight? And then it would be like, oh, you know, just normal way. <laughs> I never, I never right. told oh, anyone. Oh yeah, we never. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime, like, oh wow, you're looking great. What are you doing? Yeah. We always respond like, oh yeah, you know, just diet, yeah. exercise, lots of water, lots of water. Right? You know, like that that kind of bullshit. Of but realistically, the process of weight loss is almost always a really destructive, ugly, thing. and self-destructive. Yeah. And and I'm currently losing weight. And yet, I've been fat my entire life. So I've, I forgot, I got put on my first diet when I was five years old. I remember going to the doctor and the doctor like giving a weight loss plan to my Jesus mother. You can't, but you can't give a weight loss plan to a child. They did. They it's a, did. It's a, child, it's a growing child. You know what I mean? Yeah. They like, like explained to me like the things I could eat and things I couldn't eat. And I couldn't eat after like 6 p.m. Yeah. And just like all these little rules. So I, I literally have no recollection of a time in my life where I wasn't being asked to lose weight. And I kind of feel like to a certain extent, like if I'm able to lose the weight, that's my real life's work, mm-hmm. not the other things that I'm talented or good at. Right. And so, right. And so, yeah, I mean, just, I feel like weight loss as a whole is, is really problematic, which is not to say that you shouldn't take care of your health. I'm trying to do that. Of course. Right now I have a, I have rheumatoid arthritis and the weight is only going to become more and more of a problem as I get older. So it kind of has to come off now. And and I'm very committed to doing that for my health, for myself, but every other time in my life when I've lost weight. You know what people in high school, the, my friends who remembered me, 
You know what they told me? Um, I figured out who my friends were and who my friends weren't really quickly after I lost all that weight. Because the, the bullying didn't stop. So the people who, who were friendly to me in there, my real friends, said, that's great, man. You, 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 look, you look good. You, you seem healthy. You seem happy. And then the bully friends who re- did remember me, they went, be honest, man, you, you're smoking crack, weren't you? And I was like, right. what the fuck? Exactly. So, like, all that insecurity comes out because of what people say. And, yeah, obviously high school and middle school, those are, you know, we're children. Our brains aren't fully developed. And I get that, you know. I, I completely understand it. But the fact of the matter is, that kind of shaped me as to, to what kind of adult I am right now. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, to this day, I still don't, like, I don't, I don't do that. Any, I still don't do that. I don't take my shirt off. In f- like in front of people because I'm still deep, deeply insecure about how I look because of all the bullying that happened to me when I was a kid and all the comments that were made to me. Um, I'm yeah, I still I'm, I have a lot of insecurities about my body because of that. Even even though I'm, I'm I feel I feel like I'm in pretty good shape. I mean, obviously I could everyone could always be a little bit healthier, but I'm still insecure about that because of my past. And that's my whole mantra has always been the past. You know, the past doesn't define me, but it's it's boy hard does for, it, boy right? does it does yeah. it not <laughs> does it not really affect no it affects you it affects you and it's something that you have to work really hard on for forgetting not re- not necessarily forgetting and but forgiving forgiving yeah yeah and forgiving yourself and somehow forgiving all the people I forgive who made those, you feel yeah like, no I forgive I know you made a whole speech about like fuck the bullies or whatever and fuck I you. don't forgive you I don't uh, I do I do I do I do forgive those bullies because you know what uh, I don't know what they were going through at the time that made them lash out at me because I was an easy target mm-hmm. and I don't know what they're going through now they could probably maybe they worked worked through all their bullying but maybe. even if they didn't you know who cares who cares about them at this point you know I I, I forgive you and I hope I hope you're all doing well even if you're not uh, please try because <laughs> that's that's really my goal is I want you to please you to try be, please just try you just know, try to be better yeah my insecurities uh, how I'm overcoming them um, yeah, let's one of them, talk about that. One of them is uh, exposure. I've heard of exposure therapy. One of my friends does a clinical, and he, he does it for anxiety. And I have anxiety uh, all the time. Driving is the worst for me. I have mm. driving anxiety. I have parking anxiety. That's fucking, that's a whole thing in downtown. Uh, I purposely try not to drive downtown because of my parking anxiety. I'm like, well, well the show starts in 10 minutes, and oh, I have to walk two blocks this way, and now I, what, and I want to pay for a garage, and... Oh, okay. Yeah, let, let me just calm, and I end up having, like, a little panic attack. Aww. Um, But, yeah, exposure therapy is one of the things that, that a friend of mine told me about, and I was like, so you just expose yourself to all your insecurities? Just, you just do it? And he goes, yeah. A lot of my patients don't, you know, don't, that's really hard for them. I'm like, I can imagine. You're, you're exposed, you're pretty much exposing yourself to everything that you're completely scared of. But I'm, I'm trying that. I'm trying to expose it. So, uh, as far as my eyes go, I'm trying to be a little bit more aware to like open them up a little bit more. They have beautiful eyes, Punit. Thank you very much. That is very that's very nice of you to say, but it doesn't change how I feel. Sure. <laughs> and I don't, you know, I'm not trying to diminish your insecurity yeah. by handing you one compliment. Yeah. Like that one compliment is going to free you from everything. You should be like, "Oh shit, you're right. Fuck. Yeah. Damn." <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's gone now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not like that. It's no. just, you know, the the I feel like one of the small things we can do for other people is lift them up. So Say kind things. Right. Instead of saying mean things. And also, who the fuck, like, what kind of adults fucking say mean things to each other? Right. Like, who, like, why? Why why are you doing that? What, like, what, who hurts you? Right. So that's what I'm talking about. Like, when you just find ways to lift each other up, you know, you don't need to tear people down 
you can help people focus on what you might think their best self is without telling them that they're garbage. Some of the thing about, like, being honest... Like, if you're honest about it, you don't have to fucking be mean. Like, right. you can be honest without being mean. A lot of people go, oh, well, I'm just a really honest person. I'm like, no, you're just kind of a fucking asshole. Like, <laughs> let's be honest. Oh, yes. Let's talk about, yeah, let's talk about that. Like, there are so many people who say they hate PC culture mm-hmm. and, they, you know, they just want to be blunt. And I think both of us are pretty blunt people. I'm but, a blunt person, but, but I also... Kind. I also respect people. Yeah. Like, I respect other people's opinions. I respect their views. Um, mm. And and that's, you know, that's the real harm in it is that, you know, when we call people fat or demean people because of their sexuality or their ethnic background, you know, the, the more voices that say those things, the more it encourages other people. You know, like why, why do we need to cheer people on while they hurt other yeah. people? Yeah. Insecurities come out pretty, pretty often and pretty, pretty hard nowadays. Yeah. Which I, I'm, I'm trying to be like, yeah, no, fucking, I don't give a shit. I'm open and honest about everything. I'm insecure about my body. I'm insecure about how other people feel about me. I'm insecure about my voice, even though a lot of people have said, hey, you got a great voice. Uh, and it, it's great to hear that. It is. But I, I'm also very insecure about it because when I'm drinking a little bit, my little southern accent comes out. Oh my and god! And it does. I've, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I was, I'm from, I'm from South. I've spent a lot of my my youth in South Carolina. South Carolina. Good old good old South Carolina. And uh, so a lot of that comes out when I'm drinking. Uh, when I'm drinking. So when I'm drinking, a lot of people will go, you know, you got a little bit of a, you got a little bit of a southern drawl there. And I'm like, oh, now I feel weird about it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, someone recently reached out to me and they said uh, that our podcast sounds like um, This American Life from NPR yeah. meets Dinner Conversation. Oh. And and I feel like that's a compliment. That I you, think that's that, a compliment. I'll take should, it as a compliment. You have a, you have a great voice. It's, it's the last thing you should be insecure about. I have a pretty weird voice. And I, I'm sure our listeners think I have a nice voice, mm. too. But when I hear my own voice... I think I sound like a prepubescent boy. Mm. That's how, how I think I... A horny mm. uh, prepubescent boy. Okay. Just like a, a boy who can't wait to to go jerk off again. Jesus. Is what how I think I... I just sound too excited. I'm just too horny for life. <laughs> too horny for life. Yeah, that's that's how I think I... Which is so perverse. But exactly, our, our insecurities manifest like an entire uh, backlog of of like a narrative mm-hmm. about you know what how we envision this part of ourselves and, and so really goes back to like what is our sense of self i I'm, i have a I, I think we're always we're always growing as people and those insecurities do stay with us and we can't really get rid of them right you can shape them into like you can turn it into a positive be like okay so yeah i'm insecure about my body but i'm just gonna own that shit and i'm gonna own it and uh, fuck what people think because that's my big thing is I'm, I'm wondering what other people are going to think of me and when I when that happens that's when everything kind of goes into chaos is well what are they going to think of me but I really just do that with my close friends so with my close friends I really I do value their opinions so sure. if they if I go hey how do these how do these glasses look on me how's a shirt look on me how do these sneakers do like what if they say something eh, I don't know maybe this maybe this that you know I'll take that into into account but I won't take it as an attack on my insecurity if a stranger says it for some reason I do take it cuz I'm like I don't know why I don't know why I, I I care more about strangers opinions than I do for my own friends 
Right. We have that habit of, of not valuing the opinion of people close to us. Because they always love us. Right. Because they love us. Oh, it doesn't matter. They love us. Like, I have friends who be like, oh, Jasmine, you look hella fuckable today. And I'm like, well, that's easy for you to say because you can't actually fuck me. Right. You know, like, that's that's... That's how we that's how we degrade the nice things we hear. I think it's because when a stranger says it, they don't know me, right? Right. They, they're not they have taking, no reason to say a nice thing exactly. to you. Exactly. They are not taking my feelings into account. When my friend says something to me, of course they're taking my feelings into account. So they're like, Well, if I say the wrong I don't want to say the wrong thing. But I, I I I've been trying this new thing where I say, Let's be completely honest. Really, what do you think? What do you really think about this? And then nine times out of ten, I get a real genuine, honest answer. But it's hard. It's hard for some people to do it. Some people don't feel comfortable giving that honest answer. Uh, strangers, on the other hand, for some fucking reason, will just be rude as fuck to me <laughs> about it. Like, hey, you know, you got, you got weird. You got weird arms. Your arms don't. Your arms don't like cross the right way. You know what I mean? Do you know what they don't cross? They're like when you when you have your hands akimbo like this. Like, it looks a little odd. They're, they look too short. And I'm like, oh. Has someone ever said that to you? Yeah, and I was like, can I can I please pay for my drink? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, I go to some, I go to some weird bars. <laughs> I'm, well, you know, anytime you go out to the bar, I mean, well, welcome to a place where your insecurities are, are now free to do whatever they want to do. Because... Number one, you're drunk, so you're no longer in control of your your thought process no. as much as you'd like to be. Like, you know, sometimes when I'm getting dressed, I'm in the mirror, and I, I don't love the way I look sometimes. And I'm just like, fuck, I wish my tits were perkier. I wish my midsection was leaner. I wish my legs were longer. And, and but I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm clear-minded. And yeah. so I'm like, but you know what? Nobody's perfect. And Nobody people perfect. focus on their own flaws so much more than the flaws of other people. No. And I bet I'll go out in this cute little dress and I'm sure people will like the way I look. And it's no yeah. big deal. But when I'm at the bar and I'm like five drinks in and I go to the bathroom to throw up or whatever the fuck I'm going to do. Um, you're gonna throw up. That's what you're. That's what I'm you're, gonna throw that's up. That's your. That's the end goal. And, right. Yeah. And so I, you know, after that process, I'm wasted as fuck, and I look in the mirror, and I'm just like, wow, I'm just so much less attractive and not as pretty as any of the girls that are in this bar. Hmm. And you know, the the most insecure voices inside of me are free to say whatever they like in that moment. Because See, I I'm thought not... I was the only one that does that in mirrors. Oh, yeah, I do I'm, that in mirrors all the time. I bet a I bet a lot of people. Yeah. I look in the mirror that. and I I, I kind of try to talk myself up because of my anxiety. So I have that social anxiety. So I look in the mirror and go, "All right, Puna, we're gonna go back out there and we're gonna calm the fuck down and we're gonna get through this." And then in ten minutes, you know, if you're still not feeling good, me and you, me and you, we'll we'll both have a chat together again, right. and we'll, we'll come back right here, same place, different time, but we'll come back, we'll chat, and then I come back and, and we go, all right, man. So you tried it, and uh, we're we're still we're you know what we're we're gonna keep going, we're gonna mm -hmm. keep going, and mm -hmm. we're not gonna care about what those people think, because honestly. You might not even see a lot of these people after this. So go ahead right, and like, fuck them. Why do they even matter? They don't care. Why do they matter so much? Yeah, why why do I why do I value their opinions? And I don't. I, I, I give myself that that mirror talk uh, a few times a night whenever I go to the bathroom. And it's just me and then uh, the guy in the mirror who's uh who looks a lot like me. <laughs> <laughs> it looks a lot like you. Yeah. You know, I saw this meme recently and it said, you know, I love me, I just don't love me back. Mm. 
And that's absolutely the relationship I have with the person in the mirror is... You love them. I love me. When I see myself in the mirror, it's really hard to love me back. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really difficult. When I wake up in the morning, I crawl out of bed and go and take a piss. And I'm sitting on the toilet and the toilet's right in front of my vanity mirror. And I see myself first thing in the morning and I'm just like, you look like a grumpy old lady. Yeah, weird how we put so much uh, so much emphasis on on physical qualities of ourselves, and I I, I can speak as a, at least for on the man, man's perspective. Um, people think, oh well, men don't men don't really give a shit about what they look like. They don't really care, but like we do. I do. I do at least. I give a shit. I think everyone and, cares. I think you know that's just a concept of masculinity that men are too tough to care about petty little womanly things no, like vanity. No, I do every every single every single day. Um, I, cause and I feel like I, and there's medias to blame if for a part of this. Cause they're, they kind of created this craft of this image. It's like, Oh, this is the ideal male. You know, you, you have, you have your muscles, you have a six pack, you got, you know, your face, which is, which is secondary, but you also want to keep a good face. So all, all these things of, uh, of these like perfect male things that are, that are completely like really not really achievable without like a million hours in the day. You know what I mean? It's really right. like, I can't, I'm like, I can't fucking do that. <laughs> like, I don't want it. Like, I want to do that, but I don't know why I want to do that. Do I want to do it because I've seen it so many times or do I want to do it because like I would feel better, but I don't think I'd feel better. So I have a lot of friends who are models and looking perfect is a full-time job. Yeah. It's a full-time job. It requires a couple personal trainers. It requires going to a nutritionist every now and then to make sure you're you're maximizing your get your macros right. Right. I've, I've heard that. I've heard that phrase. I have no idea what that phrase means, but mean it's been explained macros. to me a few times. Like you know how many carbs and fat. I yeah. don't know. I was just like I didn't know we we're doing economics, man. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck. What the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, can I can I get back on the treadmill? Like, no, you need to get your macros right. I'm like, I'm not eating right now, dude. Right. <laughs> like, you know, every day, honestly, I'm dieting right now. I'm supposed to be vegan. My doctor thinks I'm vegan. And I'm vegan, like, most of the time. But, you know, I'm not ethically a vegan. Uh, I was. I was a, ethically a vegetarian, um, like, all through my youth. Uh, I saw my dad bring in a deer once during deer season. I just watched Bambi. Hmm. Uh, that fuck you up. And that really fucked me up. So I was a I was a vegetarian from like age like eight or nine until I was nineteen. Holy shit! So I was a vegetarian for a really long time, and then I embraced meat and embraced it very hard. And now I'm trying to lose weight, and, and veganism is is how I'm doing that. Uh, but you know, I I think really I just wake up every day and I say to myself that food is my enemy, hmm. and I I try to live that way. And every yeah. time I want. To eat a thing, I, f- I recognize that that craving and the food that I want to eat is adversarial to me and what I want. And yet, how perverse is it that as a simple mammal who just wants to eat a thing to sustain itself, I'm shaming myself out of literally every bite I take? Yeah, shame's a, shame's a powerful thing, and I don't, I really fucking hate it. I hate when people shame themselves. I hate when people shame other people. Like, the, the shaming of myself, when I shame myself... And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed of this, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing this because of this. That's, that's me overthinking. That's me in my head. 
When, oh, other, yeah. when other people do it, that's that's when you... We're social creatures as human beings, and when other people shame other people, that's when I get really upset. I'm like, who the fuck... Who the fuck are you to judge? Like, who are you? What makes you... You think you're better than me is what it is. That's what, that's what it is. But you don't even fucking know me. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you don't know who I am. You don't know my experiences. If I told you, you'd probably understand a little bit, and you probably wouldn't be shaming me. Yeah, I mean, so many people, I think, you know, see my body, and they must think that I eat, like, a straight diet of, like, pizza and Twinkies, and that I only get up to, like, shit and eat more Twinkies. I don't know. I don't know what they think of me, but whatever it is, it seems to seems to revolve around this idea that I, I have this incredible vice around food and consumption, and that I just need to get my shit together and live differently. Though the people who know me in my day-to-day life know that I have an excessive amount of self-control when it comes to what I eat. I very rarely Mm. indulge in snacking. I just have like the worst metabolism that I think anyone has ever been assigned in the history of man. Sometimes you're just, you're dealt certain cards and you know, you can't really change those cards. For me, it's like, yeah, if I was dealt these cards and I'm trying to improve these cards, I'm like, I can't really improve a seven deuce. Like if I, if I have a seven deuce, that's like, okay, I, maybe I can get a two pair on the board, but that's kind of the best. I'm not going to get a Royal flush. I'm not going to fucking like, I'm not going to get anything higher. Like if someone has aces, I'm beat. Like it's, it's something that I've had to come to terms with where it's like, I have what I have and what I have is me. And there's only one me. That's your creed now. That's now, that's, you know, even if I lost all the weight, that's still who I am in my soul now. I, you know, I think there's definitely something to be said for the fact that we have one body. It is my body. It's the only body I will ever have. And I should love it because it's my body and it's capable of incredible things. It allows me to live and breathe and run and fuck and sing and talk with friends and have a great time and do so many cool things. It's an excellent machine. And who cares if it doesn't look perfect who on earth has a body and they look in the mirror and they say wow i'm so happy with my perfect body i'm gonna go have a great day no fact of the matter is nobody nobody is completely secure in themselves and being secure in yourself is one of those things people strive for it's like it's like having inner peace is being like i'm okay with this Mm -hmm. even though other people may not be but as for the other people fuck them like haters gonna hate right haters gonna hate haters are definitely always gonna hate and they're gonna hate because they're insecure so going back, it goes back to the bullying aspect of it and the haters and people who hate for hate. And I think it was what it was Dave Chappelle show mm. had the, the haters ball. Yes. <laughs> the, I remember that episode. They're Damn. all just, they're all just hating. They're hating for the love of the game. For the love of the game. And there are people who are like, who just love to complain. They live in a place of negativity. It's what they're comfortable with. You know, on one hand, if you found a way to get through life as tough as it is, how much can I really chastise you for that? But on the other hand, if you're, you know, a couple episodes you talked about an economy, right? Yeah. Like this idea oh, the that... good and the bad, yeah, yeah. Right, like, you know, if, if you're... someone, like, if I'm feeling really good, someone else is probably feeling really bad. Right, yeah, and so to a certain extent, I think, like, people who are mean-spirited and are using, are using cruelty towards other people to assuage their own insecurities Mm. they are kind of participating in a dark economy 
like that when realistically that's not how it works i think for a long time my friends all viewed me as a very confident person because i've been on stage a lot i was a pageant child and then i did improv Mm -hmm. and i just i love to perform i'm performing right now technically you know and you know my friends have viewed me as very confident and I was sitting down with another friend of mine who's she's she's also fat and you know she's she's struggling to find a way to love her body and and be proud of her body and feel sensual and beautiful in her own body and I guess she was looking to me for the answer and the only thing I could offer was you know all I did was fake it all I did was fake it I faked it until I made it I at some point in high school reached I reached the bottom I, I or the top. I don't really know how you how you mm. how you scale that, but I felt the maximum amount of shame I could feel from my body. My bullies had driven me to that point. I could not be more ashamed of how I felt about my body. I hated my body thoroughly. I felt entirely unsensual, unbeautiful, unhappy in my body. And that put me in a you know, they say freedom is just when you have nothing left to lose. Yeah. And I had nothing left to lose at that point. So at some point during senior year, I went to school and I just didn't give a fuck anymore. I didn't care what my bullies said. And they could see on the look on my face that it just didn't matter anymore. They had run out of creative things to say to me about my body. And and I had run out of fucks to give. And... That was the beginning of of how I became an extremely confident person who didn't care. Mm-hmm. And I, I am using air quotes. I did. I did care. I still cared. I still care. I care every time. It hurts my feelings every time. But because I felt that weight of maximum shame at one point in my life, I just I just decided that like I might feel sad and I can feel sad for a second if I want, or I can just move on. I can just keep walking and keep moving it. And that's what I did. And I just faked it until I made it. And now, now when I get in front of a crowd, I don't even think about how they're going to think of my body. When I go to the swimming pool and take off my cover up or whatever, I don't care what people are going to think of me in my Mm -hmm. swimsuit. And I, you know, over the years I wear smaller and smaller swimsuits, still working up to a bikini, mostly because I got really big boobs and I guess I don't, you know, I just don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to show the entire package to everybody all at once like that. I don't know if they can handle it. Leave something to the imagination, I right. suppose. Right, yeah, exactly. I did burlesque for a while, and that was really, really fun, but, you know, I just, I'm trying to maintain some amount of, of human decency, despite my intense amount of disregard for the day-to-day things that people say and think about me. Yeah, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, it's... It's about control. It's something, at least it's something I chose, right? Yeah, like it might be my insecurity and I might think about, you know, how other people are perceiving me. But at the end of the day, I can choose to not give a fuck about what they think. And it might make me sad. It might make me feel a little shamed. But at least it's something, it's it's a shame and a sadness that I chose that no one else put on me. I'm not giving power to those people. The power is all in me because I'm the person who's, who's in, in control of that. A lot of a lot of this all goes back to control and how we how we hate it when we when we lose control. Um, not necessarily like oh I'm losing control of my life. It's more of like I can't control the things that are in my life. My insecurities come from a place where I can't control these things. I, I I try so hard to control it. Sometimes you just have to lose control. Losing control can be one of the hardest things to do. It makes you very vulnerable to lose control. But losing a little bit of control every now and then 
might make make you a little bit more happy. And I, I know at least my aspect, it does make me a little bit more happy to lose a little bit of that control and say, okay, so I'm insecure about my body. I'm insecure about my, my voice. I'm insecure about, you know, the films that I do and how other people are going to perceive those films and uh, my art. I'm insecure about how people are going to perceive it. I don't think they're, they're going to get it. Uh, but, I struggle with that so uh, much. Anytime I, anytime I have to, uh, I'm making something, uh, I, I, I make little short films every now and then. And, and, and anytime I produce one, I, anytime I'm looking back on it, I hate watching them. Because I'm just like, I know that that shot's all fucked up. I know what happened there. But other people, they, you know, I, I show it to them. They go, that's fucking beautiful. I'm like, yeah, you know, fucking, that's all right, I guess. But in the end of the day, I have to go, you know what? Maybe seek words in the power. Just repeat those words until they're true and say, you know what? It was great. The experience was great. And that film is great. Absolutely. So much about overcoming your own insecurity is about saying the words until they're true. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, you know, there was this girl in high school, and I almost want to cry right now that I'm thinking about it. And she was this really pretty girl, and she's she's still out there somewhere. We've never, we just, we were never really close friends. And she slipped a uh, magazine clipping, and it said, you don't have to be skinny to be hot. And that was one of the first times anyone had ever said a single nice thing about the way my body was different. And that probably became like for a long time in high school when I was struggling to find a way to be confident she had no idea but Mm. that singular thing was the thing I was clinging to was that I didn't necessarily have to be skinny like all the other girls to be attractive to be pretty to be valuable in some way and it was something I said to myself all the time you don't have to be skinny to be hot you don't have to be skinny to be hot You don't have to be skinny to be hot. And now I thoroughly agree. I couldn't agree more that you don't have to be skinny to be hot. I follow so many Instagram models who aren't skinny and they're so fucking hot. No. You know? And skinny, I don't know. I guess we just had a mentality for a long time that if you were a very lean and trim and ballet dancer-like woman, you were beautiful. You you had attained the ideal. But is is that one thing... What everyone finds beautiful. Yeah. Is it is it one one for all? Or is it, you know... Or do things... we like that things are different? Yeah. Some... Yeah. It's It, it depends on the person, right? Depends on, on who you're who you're talking to. Some people might not find that nice or beautiful. Some people might, might go, that's not really my thing. Yeah. And that's fine. There's, like... There's no, there's no shame in saying that's not my thing. Right. Now that I've discovered that truth, you know... I know that there are people who love the way I'm different, and I love the way other people are different. I love the way you're different. Thank you. Yeah, I think that us being different is great. And to a certain extent, as an artist, one of the things I say to myself all the time is that, you know, people don't necessarily want something that's good in, in the sense that people don't always want a happy ending. Mm-hmm. People don't want always want something that's simple and right. pure and perfect. Sometimes people want a story that's more complicated than that. And more mm-hmm. than anything, they just want to see something they haven't seen exactly. before. They don't want... A lot of people, yeah, especially me, I don't like things that are formulaic. So if right. I'm watching a movie and it's like, okay, I can fucking... I, can, I know what's going to happen next. This dude's going to be the killer. This is what's going to happen. I don't like that. And at the at the end of it, uh, a lot of movies, there's a happy ending. There's like, oh, all things get wrapped up. Things are ni- nicely t- tightened up and all the loose strings are put together. I'm like, I don't want that. I want, I want something, I want a movie where things go, things go bad. 
and then at the end, yeah, you don't get closure because life doesn't really does life doesn't work that way. Life doesn't give you that kind of closure you need all the time. Absolutely, you know, life is not you know, and and of course we both went to art school and we studied. Right. You know the the perfect the perfect story has you know that rising action, arc. right? The arc, the conflict, the resolution, but that's not how life works. That isn't life isn't linear in that way, and life isn't a, a story that starts on chapter one and ends on on chapter twenty. You no. know, life is is many many chapters, and we're somewhere in the middle of a really 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 long book. If you if you have to think about it that way, and and in that story, so many things are possible. And more than anything, it would just be cool if you did something or lived a life mm. that's different. And the thing that makes you feel insecure is probably the reason that you're different. Yeah. And you could use that to make that the reason you're confident. Exactly. Take take whatever it is and flip it. Yeah. And I think you've absolutely done that. Like when you talk about, you know, you talk about the things that make you different. Yeah. You know, you're you're funny and you're weird because of the things that you've been through. Because it had to be. Right. I think. And, and and that shaped me into the, into who I am because I went to Went to middle school and high school and college in South Carolina, in like in a little town called Greenwood, South Carolina. Shout out to anyone in Greenwood, South Carolina. <laughs> you guys are drinking, drinking heavy, and moonshine. Well, maybe moonshine. Do they have moonshine up there? They got moonshine. I've they, never been to South Carolina. They got they low key got moonshine. They can they can bootleg in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, big shout out to them because I, I I was the only Indian kid in middle school, high school. Slightly in college, there was just a couple other Indian, but I was the oh, I was, it was like black, white, and then there's Punit, and uh, you know we don't know what he is, but he's Indian, so it's a, it's a tiny town, small mentality, and it it kind of it did shape me. It made a lot of insecurities for me being being that different, and I I can remember a lot of times in middle school and high school where it was so obvious that I was different, and it it really it gave I think that's where my anxiety bred from was. Hey, I'm I'm this kid from Chicago. Uh, I'm Indian, and I'm in Chicago. Bunch of Indian people that I hung out with. That was my sure. that was my that was my crew. I moved to South Carolina. I'm the only Indian kid there. There's black kids, there's white kids, and I go, where am I supposed to fit in here? Right. Where, I guess I just make friends with anyone, anyone, and everyone. And so I did. I tried. I was like, I'm gonna be friends with you, and then I'm gonna be friends with you. And uh, got to a point where I remember one guy. I think his name was his name was Daryl. Remember Daryl? We we're sitting at uh, at lunch. And, uh, I'm talking to Daryl. It's like my first, my first day in middle school and I'm talking to him and I'm like telling him about my life and I'm telling him about all this. I thought Daryl was like the fucking coolest dude. Cause he was like, he's like, he's willing to talk, hear me out. And, uh, he goes, you know, you talk a lot. And I go, Oh shit, I do. And he goes, yeah, man, you talk, you talk a lot. This is, this is annoying. <laughs> and at that point I completely, uh, I, I was aware of that and I, I shut down for the rest of it. Yikes. So it was first day of middle school. I was trying to I was trying to be the best me. One kid go mentioned one little thing that made me super insecure, and then for the rest of middle school, I didn't say I didn't say I didn't try to make friends. I was just like I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna tone myself down. I'm not gonna talk nearly as much to people. I'm not gonna be nearly as social. And I I used to be a super extroverted kid, and then I that moment I became an introverted person. Absolutely, you know? I know exactly what that feels like. I was so extroverted as a small child. Yeah. And then at some point in grade school, you know, it no longer because it's no longer about being liked. It's just about like keeping them off of you. Yeah. Deflecting 
that off of you trying to go unnoticed, slip under the radar. So many times, you know, I was just going into the cafeteria to get lunch and I just tried to slip in between people who were also going in mm. to see if I could slip under the radar. That's probably like the darkest part of insecurity when you don't even want to be liked, you just want to be ignored. Yeah, yeah. And it made me, it made me feel so, like not even with all that going on, with me being the only Indian kid there, me going, okay, I'm going to be... I'm going to do what I normally do and just talk to people. It made me feel even more isolated and insecure after that because now I'm the now I'm the only Indian kid and I'm not talking to anybody and I'm isolating myself further because of this because of what this kid said and I'm thinking just because he said it everyone else must be thinking it. So it it pushed me further into being introverted and there's nothing wrong with being introverted. I want to say that make that really clear but for that moment, with those criteria of moving to a new state, move, being the only kid of a different ethnicity, of the same ethnicity, and trying to make new friends in middle school, which is the most insecure moment of everyone's life. Middle school is where insecurity lives. If you tack on all those things, yeah, it, it fucked me up for a few years. Uh, I've only actually recently started to kind of... Well, actually, I did in college a little bit. I started to be a little more extrovert in college, but then... Something fucked me up there, too, which was all my vices and my addictions. But only recently have I started to become a little more extroverted in the way that I can have a genuine, honest conversation with someone and I can feel that they're not judging me. Mm. I can I can get out of my own head and go, this guy is just hearing me out and he doesn't he doesn't give a shit about what I think. Uh and he, he hears me and he doesn't really care and he's not judging me for it. And if he is, fuck it. I had a conversation the other night. They're they're talking about tacos. We live in Austin, so we're all we, we're all about tacos here. And I go, right. I go. I'm gonna be honest, man. Uh, I feel like a trashy person sometimes, but I'm just gonna go ahead and say this. I like Taco Bell. And I saw some people like giving me judgy eyes. I was like, I don't give a fuck if you're judging me. Taco Bell 3 a.m. I'm a nosh on some nacho fries. 100. percent Fuck it, dude. If you don't like nacho fries, get that negative energy out of my life. <laughs> I don't need that. Oh, uh, they're not even sponsoring us. We should. Like, <laughs> If they would like to, that's available. I'll take, I'll, we'll take any, you know, we'll just take free nacho I'll fries. Take, yeah. Yeah. We're not hard to please Keep or anything. Keep them coming. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you would just make nacho fries like a year round thing, I would consider that a sponsorship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I'd buy them out. Yeah. Absolutely. But like after I said that, after I said, hey, I don't care if uh, you guys think I'm a trash person. I like nacho fries. I love Taco Bell, even though they're not real tacos. Uh, one guy sitting there goes, he goes, man, I get, I get you, man. I understand. I lo- I do. I love fucking Taco Bell too. I'm from Louisiana. I was like, my South boys over here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> South boys love Taco Bell. Uh, and I, I I in that moment like like past Punit, who's super insecure about how you know introverted and insecure about how he felt and how how people perceive him, would have been like, ooh, I hope that they don't judge me on this. I hope they they don't cut cut me out of their life because of this. Uh, would have been like, yeah. I, I don't want to say that, and I'd feel I'd have anxiety about it. Sure. But when I said it, when I said it the other night, I was like, I don't give a fuck, man. Fuck my anxiety. Like, pff, I like Taco Bell, and no one can tell me any different because that's what I fucking like. That's my choice. You can think whatever the fuck you like, but you can't change it. I love Taco Bell, can you? Right. You know, we only have so much time in this world, and we should allow ourselves joy. 
And we should also allow ourselves to be proud of the things that bring us joy. Even if that's Taco Bell. Even if that's Taco... I mean, honestly, it's not real... It's not... Let's be honest. It's not... I'm not saying it's real Mexican food. Right. I'm half Mexican. I used to have a chip on my shoulder about Taco Bell because my grandmother, very Mexican, was extremely against Taco Bell. She felt like they were direct competition for a restaurant. Mm. And and that's a whole... That's business, you know? But it's... You know, now as an adult, I'm just like, yeah, when my friends want to roll through, I'm 100% going to get uh, whatever slush is their new, because mm-hmm. spl- their frozen shit is fire. Yeah. I love it. Taco Bell, keep, please keep doing that. Your Baja <laughs> Blast makes me live. Uh, uh, the nacho fries, if they've got them. And low key, that fucking empanada that's on their menu. The apple empanada. The ap- apple empanada. I'm weak for it. See, I don't like, I don't, I don't like those, those sweets from Taco Bell nearly as much as I, I like the, the new fucking bullshit that they are always, always oh, inventing yeah, the, up. The, the crunch. The crunch wrap Double supreme, Dorito. Double Dorito. Supreme nacho fried chicken tinder, whatever. Mm, yeah. Whatever, Breakfast man. wrap. Whatever yeah. the fuck they're doing. But, you know, I love that they're sort of like, they, they know, what Taco Bell 100% knows that their food is mostly for stoners oh yeah and i am so glad that stoner culture took off like i'm no longer really a stoner because i'm trying to be clean and sober now and live a i'm now walking with the lord oh shit but but, uh you know i love that stoner culture is taking off because so much about stoner stoner culture is just being you and doing what makes you feel good and not giving a fuck about what anyone thinks absolutely and so i i'm i like that that's taking off and you're absolutely right like we should just take joy in what brings us joy Mm -hmm. and not feel shame about those things it's especially easy as millennials for us to look down our noses at each other about the smallest things what music we listen to mm-hmm. what clothes we wear and buy uh what we studied in college what we make for a living do you think that at least in our millennial generation a lot of our insecurities come from jealousy that we're jealous of other people oh and yeah. we go well they're fucking happy but what, what brings them happiness is making me insecure because i don't have what they have right I, that happens to me all the time i'm just like Oh man, that fucking person over there—they're doing so great. They're fucking—they're they're my age, and I'm gonna fucking do this. Absolutely, and like, absolutely. I'm like, it, it eats the inside of me, and I'm like, why do I care? Like, they're—they're they're them. I'm me. They're different people. Why? Why do I give a shit about that? Because I shouldn't, right? We shouldn't be comparing ourselves to other people because they're not us. They, they go through different experiences. So why, why, why do I give a shit about that other person? And all people experience a certain amount of struggle and pain, no matter what their position of privilege is. Exactly. And, yeah, you know, I, I used to work for a social media company. And so, you know, I still believe that social media is a tool that helps us connect with each other. But I will say that as millennials, it's super easy to open up Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and all the other apps and we curate a version of ourselves that's very careful. It's not necessarily yeah. dishonest, but it's the highlight reel, if nothing else. Oh, of course. That's and not, that's not a full person. That's like 3%. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's like 3% of a person. That's not showing all the times you've cried, all the times you've hurt, all the times you felt hopeless, all the times you felt unsure, all the times you had diarrhea. Jesus. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I think that goes against the, the Facebook policy to show diarrhea, but I think that that's, but yeah, it's curated not only because of what we curate, but of, of what we can and can't show. 
You can't show nipples on, on Instagram, so that's that's a part of it. Which has been a real bummer that's for me. That's a real shitty, yeah, it's shitty. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, we do we do enforce certain social stigmas through the, the guidelines. You know, like Tumblr, Tumblr got rid of... Tumblr's of, for porn, right? Tumblr was for porn. It's not for porn anymore? All my favorite porn used to be on Tumblr, no. and now it's not, because I was very specifically into... Uh, when you're watching a solo video and you see that person have an orgasm, that's my fetish. Mm. I just want to see that one part. And there was this really great porn blog on Tumblr that doesn't exist anymore because we, as a society, have decided that like nudity and sexuality is something we need to that's that's to be repressed. That's it's closed doors, only. right? That we it's, it's it's taboo that we're even talking about it right now. Right. When I'm talking about it, I have to make sure. I don't say the wrong thing because I don't want any of the hosts that that share this podcast to feel like this violates the terms of, of service. But <laughs> realistically, all I want to talk about is a very human thing right now. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody. I just want to talk about the fact that, like, sexuality is okay. It's fun. But, you know, it's hard to do that. It's very hard. And yet, also, on social media, we see we see sexual things all the time. The thirst trap is real. Yeah, I know that firsthand. I know that every day. Yeah, yeah. We, we just talked about that. We just that. talked about that last episode. So, I... I, yeah, every day is, uh, for me, it's like, can I, can I get through social media today? Do I need, cause I have to use it for work. That's a one thing that like, it kind of sucks is I've, I've been like, I want to cut social media out of my life. I want to fucking, I want to cut it out of my life. I want to, I know it's poison for me personally. Uh, and I want to get rid of it, but like I need, it's so ingrained in our culture at this point that I can't, even though that's where, that's where I kind of put everything up. Uh, as far as my insecurities go, that's that. That's where I curate my insecurities, and I go, all right, so I'm going to post a new picture. Let me go ahead and just Photoshop this real quick. I just got to get rid of these. Uh, oh, absolutely. I just got to get rid of this glare. I got to get, get rid of... Oh. I'm going to go ahead and wipe my teeth a little bit. Let's go yeah. ahead and wipe my pupils a little bit more. Like Right. The filters on Instagram, all the other settings. Not, yeah. not even including, like, I use, I use a, an app called Perfect 365. It's called Perfect 365 because that's our ideal as a society to mm -hmm. look perfect every single day. Yeah. And I go in and I, I take out all my freckles and I brighten my under eye area and I change the color of my lips and I, I make my eyes whiter. What's that hashtag no filter or whatever? <laughs> right? exactly. There's a hashtag rolling around that was like no filter, but like low key, like, every, you're, like still, you're still changing a little bit about it. Is like there, you're, is you're, there you didn't a, just take one picture. You took like five pictures and you're like, okay, right, so wait, which wait. one of these is going to be the no filter what? picture? <laughs> exactly. You know, is there hashtag all this shit is fake? Yeah. Hashtag yeah. All Shit's fake, right? Yeah. I feel like to a certain extent, maybe it's not all fake, but it's just not an accurate representation of reality. And so, like, my sister deleted Instagram off her phone. She was like, Yeah, every time I open that app, I just feel bad about myself, so I don't open that app anymore because you, yeah, because you, you have to see everything else of the curated. It's like, Oh, this guy's better. But for me, it's like, I, I see something, I'm like, They're just better at fucking Photoshop than me. They're just they're just better at like they have more time on their hands to go through it and like make make themselves look better. It's not that they're that they're actually better looking, which it doesn't even fucking matter if they're better. Like what my idea of better looking is like, who gives a shit? I'm fucking I'm better looking than than me. <laughs> I'm better looking than I, I, I've ever Isn't been. Isn't that so true? Let's talk about that for a second. Like what? How good looking I am? 
Well, <laughs> you are very good looking, Thank Kieran. you. Thank you, you know very that. much. I do know that. You know that. Even say, when you don't know that, you know that, I right? I say that to myself every fucking morning. I'm, I look in the mirror, I go, there he is. Yeah. There's that. There's the guy I, I knew. There's Those are the eyes I fell in love with. <laughs> <laughs> Is that from uh, Fallout 4? Is, I think, yeah, Fallout 4, that's the first thing that the, the wife says to the husband when he's looking in the mirror and you're creating your character. I, I remember that line. I had an ex who played that game a lot, uh, so I saw that intro several times because he was obsessed with making new characters and, like... You know, that's, that's something else make, in video games. We get to like choose our avatar and that's make what, your character. I made my character look like me. I was like, that, that's a good looking guy. Right. That's a good looking guy right there. That's me. Yeah. And I think that's a really, if you can do that and you don't feel the need to embellish yourself or be someone completely different, mm-hmm. which is what I always do when I get to create my own avatar in a video game. And then I get to spend all that time in that video game dissociating and pretending that I'm someone who's completely different, yeah. which is a whole other thing. Maybe we'll talk. We should talk video game uh, addiction oh, yeah. at some point. We talk I, about we've both been through that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe that'll, that'll be our next episode, Maybe. video game addiction. Yeah, that could be really, really fun um, talking about that. But absolutely, you know, it's it's a way to dissociate and pretend that, that you're somebody different. But at the end of the day, you know, we've all been... I, I want to say, I want to feel like we've all been in love before. At least we've all been in, in like before, mm-hmm. you know? And Well, what is love? Baby, don't hurt baby, me. Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> Baby, don't hurt me. Yeah. No more. No more. Uh, like, how do I? Yeah, exactly. So, we've all been with someone who liked us. We've all been with someone who saw something, for lack of another word, beautiful yeah. in us. And sometimes that means you have to accept that other people are able to see the good things in you that you can't see because our insecurities allow us to see they kind of cover it up they put yeah. a blindfold on everything they don't allow you to see the positive things we talked about that before you know we remember the bad things and that's why we're depressed mm-hmm. and we think of the bad things and that's why we're insecure yeah you overthink about the bad things yeah and that's why we're insecure absolutely so i you know i've i've been in many situations, I was a burlesque dancer for crying the fuck out loud. People paid me money to see me naked. And I still look in the mirror and I'm like, man, I really hate how I look naked. But somebody must have really liked the way I look naked to yeah. hand me money for it. Because people don't like parting with their money for like no reason. Yeah, capitalism. So, right, capitalism. We talked about that too. So I think we do have to take a step back sometimes and just be like, yo, like all the flaws that you see in yourself aren't everything. There are also many virtues and you're just focusing on all the bad stuff. And I think people, people shy away from like, like, you know, the way your parents see you, people, you know, mm-hmm. people, people make fun of like people who, who take their mother's love too seriously, I guess. Yeah. But you know, take a moment to to see yourself the way the person who loves you the most sees you. Yeah. Appreciate every single part of what they saw in you instead of what you're seeing in you. Right. Because that, that actually mattered. That mattered. Yeah. Yeah. That, the that person meant who, something. Yeah. The person who loves you the most matters. And... Why are we so why are we so willing to throw everything good that they saw away? That's a very good question. Why are we willing? I guess I would say I was willing to throw all that away because I didn't I the the hate for myself was stronger in my eyes than the love than someone the love else 
than felt the, for you. Than the love someone else felt for me. Wow. It felt that way where I was like, I this is stronger. It feels stronger, even though it probably wasn't. Honestly, it wasn't. But I don't think it is. I think when people feel love for another person, whether that's a parent or a friend or a relationship, like, you know, love is such a powerful force. If you've ever been in love, you know what I'm talking about. You can lose your house. <laughs> you could. You could. Love you, can make one do crazy things. Love, yeah. That's the only reason, like, love is so strong, that's the only reason that uh, a, a fucking crime of passion is a real thing in yeah. a court of law. Like, a court of law is someone, like, a judge looks at a person and goes, why did you, why did you murder your wife? And the guy just goes, she wouldn't shut the fuck up! And the judge goes, yeah, we understand. We understand. <laughs> and, like, that's a real thing because of love. Right. Like, it's so it crazy. Seems, it seems ridiculous. Like, oh, I just... You know, I just, I, I uh, lost control of my emotions entirely uh, because of how much I, I care and associate myself with this other person or thing. Yeah. And it becomes a crime of passion. A crime of passion. So if people can love each other that much and love the qualities in each other that much... Sounds so who cliche, cares? right? Who, but who cares about that thing that one person said to you at the grocery store? They'll probably never think of it again. Probably. No. They probably just moved on to the next. Right. Yeah. Fucking grocery stores. Tell, tell me about something that gives me let's, anxiety. Let's tell talk grocery about mi- stores. Let's talk about microaggressions. Oh, microaggressions. Yeah. <laughs> I had one uh, a few weeks ago. I think I was... I think I was walking around. I was grocery shopping also. And uh, I hate grocery. It gives me the worst anxiety. I'm just, I can't choose. I'm so indecisive. And I'm just like, uh, I have a list and I made a list and I want to get out of here in one hour. That is my time limit. I put a fucking stopwatch on there. I'm like, I'm not fucking staying in here for any longer than I need to. And some guy came up to me and he goes, hey man. I was like, hey, how's it going? He's like, you looking for like cheese or something? I'm like, yeah, I am in the cheese aisle. Yes, I am looking for cheese. And he's like, oh, cool. Which one? And I was like, listen, I don't want to have a fucking conversation. Uh, <laughs> Okay. And he goes, oh, no, that that's cool. I was I work here. I was like, oh, I didn't see your shirt. I, just, I wasn't even looking at him. It was out, out, out in, like, in the grocery store. Uh, we just become so feral in yeah. that place because we feel so exposed doing our foraging. Right. Which is a very mammalian act that right. we must take part in in order to sustain ourselves. And and we we just get into a weird psychological place. So like there will be a person who's just like, can I can I help you find what yeah. you're looking for? And you're just like, don't touch me. And the dude he goes, we get into a conversation, which I already said I don't want to get in a conversation right now. But he goes, he goes, oh man, that's cool, man. I was just wondering, like, uh, like, hey man, are you like, uh, what, what ethnicity are you? And I go, ah, oh, wow, I, yeah. And I got, I I have like, okay, dude was Indian, so I was like, I'm I'm Indian. He goes, okay. oh shit, okay. Mm-hmm. And he go and he says this. He goes. That's so interesting, man. You don't look Indian. Good job, man. And I was like, what? Whoa. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean, good job? He goes, yeah, no, no, you're doing, you oh, look good. Man. You look good, man. You're, you're looking good. And I was like, is there like a stereotype out there that we don't look good or some shit? And he's like, no, no, no. It's just, you know, sometimes you can tell. And I was, and I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you know, you, you got like Greek influence. You got Jewish. Are you sure both your parents are? I'm like, I'm pretty sure both my parents are Indian, dude. Like... <laughs> I'm There's like, not a switched at birth situation yeah. going on He's here. Like, you sure you're not adopted? And I was like, hey, man, I just want to, I'm, I'm going to grab this string cheese over here. Right. And, I uh, would just like some cheese, and I would like to stop answering questions yeah. about my ethnicity at this time. And I walked away. I didn't know what he was getting at. I think he was just like, he's like, it might be a brother, but I don't know if it's a brother. Uh, let me check if it's a brother. But also, let me make sure that I tell him that, you know, he doesn't need to be insecure about him being Indian. 
And I'm like, I'm not insecure about me being it, but now I am. Now I'm super insecure about it. I'm like, Absolutely. Now I'm like, what the fuck? Do people not like Indian people? Do I need to stop telling people I'm in? Like, people, people like to tell me like, oh, wow, Jasmine, you're so active for a fat person. And I'm just like, wait, are fat people viewed as inactive? Do I... And now I'm just like, how do I look active in all situations? <laughs> it's like a backhanded compliment, these microaggressions. You know what I mean? It's Absolutely. Like, it's like, no, you do. You look good. You look good for, for this. But right. Like, what, for a caveat. What? <laughs> Why do we need to put a caveat in there, guys? Why do we need to have, like, special rules? Like, yeah. why can't we just be like, uh, I'm just me. Hey, I'm, I'm Punitz. And it's like, oh, well, that's a little, can I, can I give you a nickname? And I'm like, nope, that's my fucking name, dude. I know what you're getting at. I know. You, you don't think I got a normal name. That's why you're asking. And I'm like, and let's, no. As a collective, in an episode about insecurity, can I just get a, can I get a fuck you to normal? What the fuck is normal? Can I get a fuck you to normal? Yeah, fuck you to normal. Fuck you normal. People tell me I don't have a normal name. Like, what the fuck is normal? Yeah, actually, you know what? Let me say this. In India, this is a very common name. Let me just say that real quick. For anyone who's like, Punit isn't a normal name. Yeah, in America. Like, what are you telling me I shouldn't fucking be here? Is that what you're getting at? What are you trying to say? Right. Like, I really want to know genuinely what you what, mean what by normal name. What is the true sentiment behind that? Is it just that your name isn't Joe or John? Or, yeah. And, and do we really want people to have more of those names? I mean, no, no shade to anyone who has, like, a super... Nothing, common anglicized name nothing wrong with those names nothing wrong with those names nothing wrong with a unique name which is you know a little bit different than than what other people are used to nothing wrong with punit nothing wrong with uh shiv nothing wrong with uh raj nothing wrong with m night Shyamalan. you can learn how to pronounce his name you can learn how to pronounce my fucking name like right. i used to work uh i used to work it and i used to take calls for IT, uh, and a lot of our calls came from West Virginia. And a lot of the people in West Virginia, I'd have to answer the phone and go, hi, my name's Punit. Uh, thank you for calling tech support. How can I help you? And they would go, what's that name? And I'd be like, Punit. And they go, that's a funny sound name. Where's that from? I'm like, it's Indi- it's in- of Indian descent. Can we please get to, get to what we need to do? And I'd have to have that conversation about uh, 40, 50 times a day. Jesus. And I've gotten to the point where I'm just like, you know what? It's it's punit and people people would without a doubt it's every two time syllables. it's two syllables five letters and without a doubt people would come up to me and go can you say it again one more time I want to make sure I don't get get it wrong I'm like hey that's very kind of you this also don't be embarrassed because it happens every day I've just gotten used to that and it's kind of acclimated me to me not going well what's your what's your real name like. I had someone ask me what's my real name before. I'm like, that's it, man. That it's totally that, and I'm not insecure about it nearly as as much as I was, because I had to. That's exposure therapy. I had sure. to do it over and over and over again for me to be like, I don't give a fuck, man. You have a nickname? No, you can learn how to do you pr- pronounce Daenerys Sargarian, You white people, you can pronounce <laughs> fucking Peter Patel. Like, exactly. You can you can learn. Exactly. You know, exactly. Fuck, fuck normal. Fuck the expected. Why does, why do we want more of the same? Why do it it has the same been working out really great for us? People are afraid to change is what it is. Nobody wants anything to change. They, if they see change as an enemy and change as something bad, if something changes in someone's life or in some, in some way in the world, it's like, well, things are, I don't, I don't, I'm afraid of this because this could go bad. And I'm thinking about all the worst things, which is exactly what we're talking about. Our minds go to the worst things. They don't go to the best things. 
think of think about the, the the possibilities on the best aspect of it. What could be the best outcome instead of the worst outcome? Um, whenever change happens, at least for me, yeah, it's a little scary. But you know what? It's something I chose. It's something I'm in control of. And even if I lose a little bit of that control, it's okay to change. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Like when we started this conversation, I felt a lot of animosity towards the people who bullied me. But now as we get into it, I think all I really want from them, like I can forgive them, I think. Like they hurt me a lot and I can't even pretend that it didn't drive me to like the edge of sanity and loneliness. And that's horrible. I hate that y'all did that. But like I could forgive you if you just teach your kids not to do that. Yeah. If you could just like have the presence of mind break the cycle to break the cycle and and tell your kids that if there's a kid at school that's different embrace the thing in them that's different because I think we're getting there I think we're gonna I think we're getting there it's just that I don't I don't fuck I don't like I'm not a kid anymore so I don't know what the fuck's going on in high schools and if anyone in high school is listening please you know let me let us know on Twitter or something like yeah, that. yeah absolutely if we have any young listeners yeah. Jesus I would love to hear from you guys so much what what what, what are, are your struggles right now? What do you guys do. Yeah, you know, it must be so different. Like back in my day, I'm like, yeah, we, we did we did MySpace and shit. We didn't do cyberbullying. We still passed notes back and forth, and uh, we had kick me signs. And you know, I got I got pushed into lockers. I got, I got you know things like that. But like nowadays, it's all I've heard. It's all cyberbullying. It's all online. It's all through through these social media things, and that can almost feel worse because there's not really a person having that face to face. Kind of like it's like okay, so I can put I can put a name, I can put a face, I can tell the teacher about this, and the teacher may or may not do something about it. Online is like oh, this is this is off, this is off the clock, this is off hours. Right. It's like well, we we didn't pay you, we didn't pay you while this was going on, so right. Did it really happen? Right. Yeah, and you know, people in the social media industry talk about the the right to be forgotten, and it must be really really hard to be a young person who has their moments of bullying documented and you can't forget that moment. I, I, in grade school and middle school and high school, I pushed downstairs. I got notes attached to me. People like to pour things into my backpack for some reason. Mm. People like to trip me a lot. People like to pull my hair a lot. I had, uh, what did I have? I had someone throw a, I had someone throw a chicken fried steak sandwich at me. And then, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's South Carolina's bullying right there. Like they're like, oh, this chicken fried steak—it's delicious. It's in between two pieces of bread. I'm gonna throw it at that Indian kid, and I'm gonna call him a sand nigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know what? You know what? That girl did say that to me. She did. She did. Someone did throw a chicken sandwich at me, and at in that moment, I was like, you know what? Fuck her. Fuck everything about her. I don't care about her. But looking back on it now, like. I forgive that person. What was her pain? Well, I don't know. Well, here's the thing. It's high school, so I don't know. I don't know what her pain was, but I forgive her because obviously I think that we all need a like a reset after high school because I don't know who the fuck I was in high school. I don't know who the fuck those Like, we don't know who we are in high school. We're just doing things. We're children without leashes, you know? We're just, we're, we're in our in own insecurities. We're, we're, we're all feeling ourselves and we don't know how to, how to act. And I think we all should be like, you know, forgive everyone, everybody who was in high school, forgive that person for who they were at that time, because they're probably different people now. I'm a different person now. I don't know what their experiences were. Um, forgive anyone who, who did that, because that's that's how you get better. That's how I got better. 
I had to go, you know what? That person's great. That person's probably a great person. You know, maybe in that moment they weren't, but who gives a shit about that moment? I don't anymore. Didn't stick with me, but for for years it did. Now it doesn't, but for years after that it did. But I, we should have a clean slate. I think a clean slate would be nice. I do, I do agree with that definitely to a certain extent. I think, you know, I've been my worst self before. And I, I don't know if I deserve a second chance, but life keeps on going. And yeah. so I'm... Just giving myself another chance yeah. is kind of how it is. And and I agree that, you know, life goes on. Even for those of us who have made egregious mistakes, life still goes on and we have to find a way to make time matter. And I think that's that's absolutely true. Um, but also, I think everyone should try to find a way to atone for the shitty thing they did. Sure. We've all done a shitty thing, right? And I, I think, do. Yeah, I do. About every day I try to think of what I can... What I can do to make myself feel better and be a little selfish about it, but also in the back of my head, subconsciously, I think I'm doing it because, hey, I've been a shitty person before. Let me go ahead and just right. let me do some good things. Let me, let, let's let karma do its fucking justice for a second. Sure. Like, let things balance out. Like, don't beat yourself up. That's not that's not the point. But think about what negative thing did you put into the world and, and what's a positive thing that you could put into the world yeah. instead now? Since every day is an opportunity to do that. Do both, yeah. So I think that's, you know, when I think about my bullies and the people who are out there right now bullying, tomorrow's a new day yeah. and tomorrow you could stop bullying and start lifting people up instead. Yeah. I saw some uh, some teenagers bullying this homeless guy in my neighborhood. Just, like, walking around and I saw them, like, just, he was sitting there. He was asking for money. Like, you know, he's homeless. And... I saw a teenager walk by. They had like a can of Coke or soda or something. Just like threw it at him. And it wasn't full or anything. And they just threw it at him. And I could tell it wasn't like, hey, recycle this. This is money. It wasn't like that kind of thing. No, it was just It was totally like, malicious. Yeah, it's just a way to, to yeah. embarrass and humiliate someone. Yeah. So I walked up to the guy and I'm like, hey, man. He's like, hey. I was like, those fucking kids, right? He goes, yeah, you know, it happens. I was like, no, man, it doesn't happen. That's really fucked up. It's for not them that too. simple. It's not that simple. Like, do you need, you, you, you want some food or something? Like money, food? What, 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 are, you, what are you looking for out here? And he goes, I'll take some food. And I, I, went, I went ahead and I bought him some food. And we talked a little bit about, you know, how he got to where he is and why it's, why it's, it's really hard for him to ask for people for money and as as a homeless person he was like yeah it's really it's really hard for me to ask because i feel a lot of shame in asking because i'm i'm where i am right now through my own things and i'm asking for someone to give me some help and i'm mm -hmm. like dude there's no shame in asking for help if you need it and if you obviously need it you should ask for it and there if there are good people out there they should be able to give it to you retweet yeah <laughs> retweet yeah you know there are a lot of people in desperate places right now and we definitely have a culture that tells us, you know, you're your own problem. Lift yourself up by your bootstraps. Sometimes people need people, you know. Sometimes you need another person to be like, there is good in the world, you know. It's not just it's not just me. You're not alone in this struggle. Everyone goes through this. Everyone is here for you. And even though you might not see it through actions of other people, we're here. People are still here. There is still a lot of good in the world. As much as I like to be a cynical person right. about how the world works we both kind of have to depart from our from our cynicism yeah. when for a little bit to, to access the truth yeah you have to you kind of have to dig through all of that to go this is the gem this is this is what it's all about and 
it's hard doing it when when you have to when you have to go through everything that you have to go through in life because life is fucking life is crazy life so hard life is a lot of things to a lot of different people but for that homeless guy that was his life it was him being shamed for being homeless of no fault of his own because he was a he was a disabled veteran and this is a system that that kind of we kind of put him in right and at the very least he got a meal you know so that's something I, he didn't have before. It's something he didn't have before. And it meant something to And him. also, it's, he didn't, a conversation is something he, like a lot of homeless people, like people don't look homeless people in the eyes. And that is so fucked up, in my opinion. Like just that human connection. You're not even going to look at a person like they're a person. You're going to like treat them like they're an animal or a dog or a cat or something. And honestly, animals, cats and dogs get treated better than the homeless. Absolutely. People don't, even if you have nothing to give, look someone in the eye. Give them that human moment because honestly, that might that might be the, the difference between making their day and like ma- not making their day. Their whole ulter- ulterior motive isn't just about getting some money from you. It's about making a connection. That could That could really change someone's life. Yeah, it's true. You know... I think we tend to blame the homeless a lot. I have a lot of connections in my life and very few of my friends are kind to homeless people. Very few people I know as a whole are kind to homeless people. There are people who have really, you know, people think that it's like all a conspiracy and that I've heard people say, you know, some some homeless people make more money than you do, Mm. which is just a farce. That is just a joke. That is such a lie. I think what people are trying to say is like, you know, I've had to live my life in a way that's very responsible and nothing's been handed to me. Why do they deserve blah, 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 blah. But realistically... Because they have a different life than you. Right. Like realistically, number one, has, have you really gone through your entire life without anyone handing you anything? You had parents, didn't you? Yeah. Did you have parents? Did you have a support system? Yeah. What if they didn't? Exactly. You know, you don't know another person's circumstances enough to be able to look at them and decide that they're worthless. Yeah. You don't, you, you just don't have that ability. I'm so sorry. And everyone thinks they do. No. And I, I get it. I totally get it. It's, it's awkward. It's hard because you're looking, you're looking that and you're looking that homeless man in the eye and you have, you, you connect with him and go, holy shit, that man is struggling and it makes you feel bad. It right, makes you, you feel bad because you're you're not them. And I get that. I get that. But you know what? If that's the difference between making his day a little bit better, you can take some of that pain on and make someone you give someone a little bit of joy. You know what I mean? You don't have to go, well, fuck that guy. Well, fuck this. Because all you're doing at that point is you're making yourself feel better because you're insecure about this situation. Right. You want to take a moment to to shit on someone who is literally being shat on. Yeah. And you want to take that moment to lift yourself up. And I think if, you know, if you're going to take anything away from this podcast, I think what we really just want to express is that, like, stop hurting other people to lift yourself up. Yeah. Uh, a rising tide lifts all the boats. Exactly. You don't have to push someone down to feel, feel good about yourself. You can, you can feel good about yourself by, by bringing other people up. Yeah, you, I, I mean... Why, I, why do it out of negativity? Why? Every time I help someone, I feel good about myself. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Like, if you've ever helped someone, it's a very good feeling. Yeah. It's, it's a much better feeling than selfishness. Absolutely. And I, I've always said, hey, I'm trying to be a little more selfish. But in, in, 
in my my way of being selfish, it's to it's also helping people. That, yeah, that that makes me feel good. That's a little selfish for me because it's all about the end goal is to make me feel a little bit better. But if it makes someone else feel better, then it's like a double that's a, win. That's a proper use of selfishness. Yeah, that's a. I think that's, that's a. Pro, I feel like it's proper way of selfishness that's, that's in a, my aspect. More akin to self care. Yeah. And and a self care that cares for other people. Yeah. So yeah. If if it helps two people out, and one of them happens to be me. Then, then fuck it. I'm going to do it. And it's way better than the alternative, which is like pushing people down to make myself feel better, like putting negative impact on another person. Cause also who like, don't put that on another person who like, why are you, why, why would you ever put someone else down to make yourself feel better because of, because of who you are? Like, that's a shitty way to like go about a situation is to like shit on someone else. Right. If you're feeling insecure and you're feeling prickly and hostile towards strangers, take a second to like think about that because you maybe you just need something yeah. and you could just turn to one of the people in your life that cares about you and tell them what you need. Talk about it. Yeah. Don't don't feel ashamed that you that you can't talk about it. If you talk about it, at the very least, you got it off your chest. You'll feel a little bit better. You can make steps to work on it. Don't don't use somebody like that's I, 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 I've had so many people in my life that have, have kind of used me or I've also used other people where I go, well, I'm going to shit on them because their life is so much better than mine. And this is I'm feeling better after I do it. And it's a slight it's a, I do feel a little bit better when I do that. But at the end of the day, I'm still I'm still going through what I'm going through. They're still fucking happy. And at the end of it, it doesn't make anyone better. It makes both of both of you feel shitty. I've lost friends over it. It's like it's really shitty to do. I don't want to do that anymore. And I, the uh, one of the bigger things is not cutting people out of my life at the end of it. So even if it's a shitty feeling, I don't think that anyone should should push anyone else down or use anyone in that way to make themselves feel better. Even if they're subconsciously doing it, which I've probably subconsciously done it a few times. We all have. Yeah. Yeah. We're not, we're not here making this episode to pretend to be saints. Like we've never made mistakes. The reason we make this podcast is because you and I have made so many, lots of mistakes, <laughs> so many mistakes. Yeah. And all we kind of want to do at this point is like, well, if we made this many mistakes, I guess one thing we could do is tell people about them yeah. and erase some of the stigma about why people do shitty things, why people hurt, why people hurt others. And I think, yeah, what what we want to send through this podcast is, is love, first yeah. of all, and intimacy. And so many times we keep things superficial. Yeah. I recently apologized to my friends for keeping things superficial. And I did that for so long because I thought it would make me more liked. Yeah. I thought it would be make my it would be easier for my friends to be friends with me if I was just superficial. And maybe that's true to a certain extent. It it was easy certainly for them to be acquaintances and part of my party friends, my little entourage. I have so many drinking buddies like that. I yeah. So drinking like they're, they're my drinking buddies. I wouldn't I couldn't have like a intimate conversation with them and I couldn't tell them about my thoughts and my fears and my goals but i could drink with them and during those drinking times i was like yeah these are th these are my boys right these are, these are my boys we drink it and then the next day it's where'd you go after the party yeah we all just we all just kind of left 
And we don't really talk if we're not getting fucked up together or partying together in some degree. And that's just, is that really how we all want to live life? Do we really want to live in a world that's this cold and disconnected and superficial? Do we really want to conduct our day-to-day friendships the way we conduct our, our timeline on social media? Do we want to? Do we no, wanna? we don't want, I, I don't want to, but I can see how, how alluring that is for some people. I can yeah. see how it was alluring to me for a long yeah. time. Just keep everything superficial. Every word out of my mouth, you know, could be a tweet. Could be a tweet. Yeah. yeah, like that's just how things were. And I don't want to live that way anymore. I think this podcast is a really big part of me just speaking authentically to strangers mm-hmm. and also my friends who listen to this and also myself. Because I haven't said enough truth in my life. I haven't said enough real shit in my life. Because I was too insecure, to be honest. Now, now, at least for me, I'm I'm trying to break that insecurity about... My my, my voice and my thoughts do matter. Even, they matter to me, but they're going to matter to other people, too. You know what I mean? Like, they, they do have impact and they do mean things. Whether other people think it or not, I think it. So... It's true. My voice is true. That's that's the that's the end of my little, uh, little overthinking of my my thoughts and my honesty. Being more honest with people is that I do I do matter, and that does matter what I say, and whether you think it doesn't or not, it it does. <laughs> at the at the end of it, it fucking does. Yeah, you know, some people look at millennials and they want to say, you know, you're not special. Mm-hmm. And to a certain degree, if everyone's special, no one is. That's that's a, a lovely thing that people like to say. Or what about the alternative? What if everyone is just special? Mm-hmm. Because we're all different. Because we're all, yeah. Because and we don't want everyone to be the same. Yeah, we're snow, like they say snowflakes. And it's usually a bad they term. They love to make fun they of us. They love to make fun of us. They're like, oh, you guys, you're a special snowflake. And it's like, why? Yes, okay. I am. Yes, I am. Okay. And so you're saying that because you're insecure that you're not a special snowflake. Right. People who say that are just worried that they're not special, but they're special. They're special too. I'm like, I want to, I want to say, hey, you are too, man. You are too. You know you are. But yeah, that's... Uh, just I, like changing our coding on that. Mm-hmm. Changing the way we think about replying to people who want to tear us down. You know, people love a good clap back. Yeah. What about a clap up? Clap up. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times, like, when people... Now, now if people... I, I've, I've noticed I do this now, is that, you know, people will say something negative to me, and I'll just go... Like, an example would be, hey, so, you know, you got a big... Uh, you, you got kind of a big nose, you know that? So, someone said that to me pretty recently, so they go, you know, you got a pretty, pretty big nose, and I go, well, I can smell a lot of good shit then. <laughs> 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 can't I <laughs> you probably can't can you smell some good shit yeah you can you you, you got a nose too it gives your profile excellent definition thank you very much yeah, yeah. I, I I so I turn it into a positive you know anything 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 someone says negative about me I can always turn it into a positive thing for myself at least I'm trying to that's that's the whole goal is no I'm no one's ever gonna get there and no one's ever gonna be perfect at it because perfection no. can't be can't be made it's but impossible we need to let go of it we can try at the very least. Right, we'll never we'll never be perfect at letting perfection go. Yeah. But we need to. We need to. I and can try. I, I, at the very least, I will try, and I am going to try, and I am trying. So, that's, I think that's what I want to say to everyone. It's like, even if you're afraid to do it, and even if you're afraid to, like, get rid of your insecurities or, you know, let go of them, it's scary and it's hard, just try. Just try to love yourself a little bit more that day. Try. 
Try yeah. to be a little kinder to yourself that day. Yeah. And it's a, a three-letter word. Try. There's, there's not, not, not too much to it. And if you fail, if no you, big deal. Yeah. If you fail, fail, you learn from your failure, and you can try again. You get an unlimited tries. There's no limit to tries. You know what I mean? This isn't a Super Mario game where you get three lives and that's it. You have, right. you have unlimited you, tries. Literally every day of your life to try and love yourself more. And I bet if you try just a little bit, just a little bit, I bet, I bet in time, I bet there will be a difference. There definitely has been for me. Yeah. I love myself a lot more than I did when I was an unhappy, insecure teenage girl. And now I'm a grown woman who can make a podcast and share the things I'm saying with thousands of people because... Because you're secure. I love myself a little bit more than I did back then. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I feel like I can I can actually say these things with with full confidence instead of before I would be half confident but now I'm, I'm like yeah I can say these things I can be genuinely honest I can not care what people will think about it and if they do think about it negatively then hey I can turn that negative into a positive and there's at least something I can work on and it won't make me think about the worst parts of myself yeah, I think I just want to take a second to, like, celebrate. Like, at one point in our life, we were both the quiet kid. Yeah. And right now, we we're making a podcast, <laughs> and this is a very loud act. This is a, this is, this is a shouting from the rooftops. Hey, here we go. Here we are. Yeah, that's a come up. That is. That's, that's the, that's the definition of a come up. That's the 100% definition this of is a come coming up. up. Yeah. yeah. Started from the bottom. Started from the bottom. Quiet, quiet kid who just didn't want to be noticed, didn't even care if I had anything worthwhile to say. And now I know I have something worthwhile to say, and I'm saying it. So I think, yeah, we're, we're definitely taking a moment right now to say that change is possible. And you can, you'll, maybe you'll never love yourself the way you think you'd love yourself if you were perfect in the way you think perfection is. But you could love yourself more than you did. And that would be a great act. That would be a great kindness for yourself, if nothing else. Yeah. And a great kindness to the world because you'll stop doing whatever toxic thing that you're doing to make up for the fact that you're incredibly sad and insecure. To overcompensate. Yeah. yeah. We came full circle just now. Yep. <laughs> we really did. I think with that, I think we've reached. I think we've reached a, a logical conclusion to this podcast. I hope people are able to take something away from this. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure everyone can. At the very least, everyone has their own insecurities about whatever they're going through. Um, so until next time, we'll be talking about what video game addiction. I think is what what uh what we're yeah. On. Let's talk about video games. Let's yeah. talk about something fun. Yeah. So if you've got a favorite video game that you want to hear us talk about, or you want to share your own experiences with uh video games video game addiction dissociation um we're on twitter at under overshare we're also on facebook so come check us out and and thank you so much for tuning in and listening we really appreciate it absolutely thanks so much for listening